on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my chief puffs to get moldy and, and old. <laughs> I have never and will never be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 90s nostalgia is big now. I'm going to be relevant again. The hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Yep, I like to go outside. I like to go on adventures. Oh, I've moved on to my, my old gummy snacks now. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that comes into contact with more bodily fluids from other people than a hospital and a hooker combined. I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. And how are your children this evening, fine sir? Because <laughs> there's a good chance I might be uh, having to step away to clean up some more vomit. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, well, the one's got sinus things and it drains and then he drinks a bunch of milk and then... <laughs> curdled milk everywhere. Which is always fun to find. Oh, man. So, is it stomach flu? No. He just has sinus drainage problems. Okay. And then it, you know, makes him gag. And then he gags and gags. And then, there you go. Yep. It's a delight. Jess, how are your kids? Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, things are absolutely A-OK at the Hickspire household. No <laughs> vomiting here. Mm. Not even the cats. Cats are doing good. <laughs> I saw a great cat meme the other day that cat was staring really weird and it said why is the human pet cleaning my poo out of the box or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Ste- uh, the stealing my poo i think that's what I- <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway uh yes let's get on with the show i'm glad everybody's doing well um uh, we got a big show tonight it's roulette another round of jess's top 100 and we'll probably get into some recently watched after that but Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The roulette, where we force each other to watch movies so that we can avoid those grenades and hopefully find those gems in the rough. Last episode, it was Rekill up against Indigenous and Narcopolis. Narco- is that right? Is, am I saying that right? That's is how it- I've been saying it, yeah. yeah. Narcop- Narcopolis? 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 Narcopolis. Narcopolis. They all work. <laughs> My big fat Greek wedding three, the Narcopopolis. Yes. <laughs> the Nart Nart not going to be on the roulette anymore after this episode? Yeah. Uh, Eugene, you have the pole position. Go ahead, sir. Tell us about Indigenous. Um, it's another one of Eugene picks. Um, uh, unpron- unpronounceable actor names uh, from a director I've never heard of. Uh, people trumpsing around the jungle and a creature that is... That is so stolen from uh, the descent that it's it's borderline plagiarism. It's like you literally took a creature from the descent and dropped it into the forest along with a bunch of bad actors. And there you go, indigenous. That's the movie. Um, if if it wouldn't have been for the fact that the creature and the the creature is the best part of the movie because the characters are interchangeable, obnoxious. Pretty looking, whatever, you know, cannon fodder. Um, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, in this movie, uh, things are going as they normally do in a creature feature. That You know, it's the standard issue stuff. And then all of a sudden, not to the movie's uh, benefit either, it goes and takes a complete left turn and 
something about uh, some video of the creature leaks online, and then the news channels get get it, and so all of a sudden, towards the end, and I'm gonna this movie sucked. Um, also towards the all of a sudden, towards the end, news. Now we jump from from these people running away from the creature and screaming at each other to newscasters doing news reports on what's going on live right now in the jungle. And I get it that it was something different, but it was stupid and it completely like it was a jarring whoa 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 what are you all of a sudden we're now we've gone from bad actors in the jungle to bad actors sitting behind a desk doing news articles on what's going on in the jungle and yeah so but i will say the creature did look cool and uh as is typical with these new horror movies they are shot very well uh using high def cameras and the jungle setting was really really good like it looked Great. Uh, and that got it maybe an extra half star. But the fact that even their creature, they couldn't be bothered to come up with something more original than a reject from, uh, from the descent. I mean, that is, it was like this, <laughs> this movie looks just like that. So. <laughs> Bipedal, uh, pale, white, just yes. a man, not, not screaming. Like, every, yeah. every time I hear creature feature, I want predator. I want a big, Burly, yes. uh, the relic. Now that's a creature feature. Yes. Yes. And this was yeah. not that. This was not that. Nope, this was a okay. descent reject. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was typical. I mean, of course, it, it could have been, It even with that whole setup, they could have been good if they would have made sure that it was really good and gory, and it wasn't. It was, you know, quick cuts and eh. Uh, luckily, there wasn't a whole lot of CGI in it, which that was nice, but it... It's like if you're going to make a movie like this, you have to at least do a couple things right. If you don't have a really good story, at least splatter it with practical gore effects, and they didn't do that. So, meh. There you go. <laughs> Indigenous. I think I've heard all I need to hear. Yep, uh, another grenade yes. missed. <laughs> Narcopolis. Narcopolis. Narcopolis, yes. Um, okay, yeah, so I've been having, I've had this one for like a couple weeks now. I'm, I'm ready to get it, get it out of here. Um, you know, for me, I, quite honestly, I think both of you would like this movie a lot more than I did. Um, basically, it, it's set in, you know, the not too distant future, and, uh, all drugs have become totally legal, except for this one super, like, Super duper awesome synthetic drug, you know, like they always have in these things. Um, and it, it just kind of goes exactly how you would think it would go. Like they're, they're trying to get the serum sort of for it and it's shiny. It's cool to look at. It's really got a, a, a nice looking budget for, I assume, like a non theatrical release. Like I, I don't think it got one at all. Um, but it's just, it's kind of long, and for me it's kind of boring. It's, it's very a mix of, it's, it's like a toned down Robocop situation, I guess, with the near distant future. Hmm. Okay. Kind of thing. It's, it's, it's like kind of like a rogue cop guy likes to kick ass and, and stuff like that. It's definitely something that I think you guys would get more of a kick out of than I did. That being said, it's not a bad movie, but it's not something that I would go back to anytime soon. Hmm. Interesting. Do they have any, uh, in its new, near future setting, is there any good, uh, 
kind of like special effects like RoboCop where it does feel like it's near future? Or is it one of those where low budget ones and they walk up over a hill and there's a CGI city for half a second and then the rest of it's filmed in a factory? Yeah, kind of. It's it's very shiny looking, if that makes sense. Like it it doesn't necessarily look real, real, but it definitely looks futury. Mm-hmm. Whereas everything's kind of metallic. Right. Um, but I I I guess you guys, I would say, check it out on a rainy day when you don't have anything else to do. It's something that you guys would probably get a kick out of. But I thought it was just okay. Cool. I'll keep it on. I'll give it a watch. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by that cover. It reminds me of the city that they drove to in Spielberg's AI. Yeah, it's a cool cover. I I, I do like that. I wonder what the budget was on that thing. Um, so oh, so this only was a, we had the yeah. internet. <laughs> yes. Oh, so this okay. This was uh, filmed in the in Europe. One million pounds, maybe. Uh, <laughs> is it the L Something thing? Like the weird. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. So. <laughs> British that's pounds. some kind of monop- monopoly money with some queen or king's head on it. Yes, that is not, <laughs> not duly elected. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll keep it on there. Um, anything else for the Greek film narcolepsy? <laughs> no, I think that's it. All right. Uh, over to me then with Rekill, which is a title so bad there's no way this movie could be good, right? And it's about zombies, get it? They're re-killing the people. <laughs> no way it can be good. Um, five years after a zombie apocalypse, a team of soldiers discovers that the monsters they thought were destroyed are back to finish off the survivors, and I didn't get the, that out of this movie at all. It just felt like a zombie movie. Um, I do give this one a thumbs up, shockingly. I have never seen a zombie idea quite done like this and for that i give it props was it completely awesomely amazingly executed no but it definitely had a unique vision um it's a tv show now when i say that i don't mean it actually is an episodic tv show i mean rekill is a tv show a reality show oh, a TV, okay. tv crew goes with a group of badass Oh, excuse me, soldiers to uh, help clean out infected areas where these zombies are. Okay, but what's interesting is that in this new world where the zombies have taken over and everybody's uh, readjusting to having zombies in their life, you have a show like Rekill, reality TV, blah, 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 but then they have it intercut with commercials of things in that day and age where they have uh, groups that by ad time, like, to promote sex. Have sex. Have kids. We need to yeah. repopulate the earth. The repopulation <laughs> movement. Stuff like that. That, while it's a weird kind of distraction, I hate commercials, it was interesting to see commercials in this dystopic type setting. And yes, Eric it's a... like the not-so-subliminal message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, honey, honey, come look. Look at this. The, the, the TV look what says it's telling me I need this. to do. <laughs> and she's like, shut up, you're snipped. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the more reason. Yes, we got to practice. Um, but then, uh, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> the quality of the film. Yes, it's it's definitely a low-budget affair, okay? It's a Scott Atkins joint, but even barely, because he's barely in it himself. <laughs> uh, it's Scott Atkins playing Hudson from Aliens, in a, in a manner of speaking. He's in half of it for, as just one of the crew. Um 
But there were scenes along the way, the action scenes, I gotta say, kicked ass, as much as they can for the ridiculous notion of fast-moving zombies, which, any way you slice it, is ridiculous. Even though it's cool, mm. still ridiculous. Um, but there were a couple of scenes, especially in the third act, uh, and I... I'll kick it over to Eugene in a sec, because I texted him. I was like, yeah, you might want to check this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that third act, there was a couple of scenes that were worth the trip alone. Even for all of some of the really bad parts of the movie, it was worth watching for a couple of those scenes at the end. Uh, uh, even now, if I think about send shivers down my spine, just like, that was freaking creepy. And they had the yeah. good idea, actually, a similar sort of notion to... Uh, screenplay I was working on 15 years ago uh, about a a zombie that rises up to lead the zombies in a matter of speaking. Uh, real interesting ideas there. Uh, Eugene, your thoughts? I I pretty much echo everything you said. I uh, I dug the movie. I thought it was cool. I really, like, they, the hook of the movie is, like you said, is it's a TV show that you are watching and Hey, smoke cigarettes. You know you want to. Why not? I, I thought that was so funny where it's like they're promoting. Live anyway. Yeah. And they, they say that like, Hey, you're going to die anyway. So smoke and promiscuous sex and all that stuff. It was, it was cool. And the effects were good. Uh, this was, this was what I would consider a very good Netflix find. Like not one that I would have paid money for in the theater, but for Netflix, that was a win. Definitely a win. So I, yeah. Hmm. And Scott, I like Scott Atkins. I think he's he's maybe not the greatest actor, but uh, I've seen him in enough stuff where it's like, ah, okay, he's in this. And, you know, at the very least, he'll probably have a couple good action scenes or whatever, which in, in this one, like you said, he did, wasn't really, you know, doing his, you know, his style of martial arts, martial stuff, arts yeah. but he was still, I don't know, he was he was good. He did good. So, yeah, that, that got a thumbs up. The one guy of the group that was like... uh religious super religious guy because you got to have yeah. one of those in every military group yeah was that not the bad guy from passenger 57 oh wow i haven't seen I'm, that maybe movie that's in so long I'm sorry maybe i'm maybe i'm more affected by passenger 57 than the average person <laughs> <laughs> i love that movie <laughs> the wesley snipes joint <laughs> uh, you'd know him though he was in some i swear to god he was in some horror shit hold on oh look and he was he's a he's a bit older so yeah he he could have been in uh and some other stuff, but I think I do think that this rekill was a part of the uh, uh, eight films to die for, or the after dark horror thing, or something like that. I think I don't know. I had I hadn't heard of it until it got put on Netflix, and I be, will be honest that like you said that that title just totally threw me off, and I was like, no, I think I'll pass. But you guys are making it sound kind of good. Well, yeah, he was in Passengers Fifty Seven and Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's, yeah. What would you do in the zombie apocalypse? Probably do a lot of those things, too. Yeah. I was just talking about we were watching The Walking Dead, and I was talking about, hell yeah, I mean, like, once they really started to need to to start documenting society again, once you get past that whole, like, we need to be safe thing, up until then, I would just spend the whole time stoned mm. and reading a lot. <laughs> because what else? Why, why, <laughs> what else do you plan on doing in the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, it was, it was, it's hard to explain, Jess. It kind of depends where you are on zombie films. I know you, you at one point said that you're eh on zombies, but, mm-hmm. so that, you might hate it. Uh, but it, I just, I, I, there were a few part, parts during it where I'm like, eh, 
and then I was like, you know, but on the other hand, I've never really seen this kind of a zombie film. Like, this is kind of yeah. interesting, where they have these zones corded off where they're infected. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, were these zombies pissed off? I mean, yeah. holy shit, were these <laughs> zombies pissed off? And I haven't been that, I kind of haven't been that freaked out by a zombie since 28 Days Later. I honestly don't know yeah. if I have been. Yeah, Eric, I I think I may have even liked it a little bit better than you did because I pretty much the whole way through I'm like, yeah, this is this is right up my alley here. So, well, man. it was a roulette, so I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, that guy's yeah. name is Bruce Payne. Warlock three. I knew he was uh. in something horror. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have not seen that. And why haven't we? We 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 both love Warlock one and two, right? No, like, I thought yeah, I thought the, the first two were yeah. Which derail your your latest episode of Cinema Sidekicks? You were or Cinema Cinema Soft Underbelly. You were talking about. Uh, eh, sorry, guys, I've got like twelve hours of sleep this freaking week. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about a, a small um, computer effect that you wished had been added back into Children of the Corn. Yes, yes, part two. Totally reminded me of. Correct me if I'm wrong. A Warlock two. Where they summon the devil and it's this weird Tron-like thing. Does that yes. happen in Warlock 2? Warlock okay. 2, yes. Yep. I haven't seen that in forever, but oh, I loved yes. it. You were talking about how much you loved that crappy this CGI effect. And I, yes. it instantly made me think of Warlock 2 and how much... I, that's my favorite part of that movie. Or one of... Yeah. <laughs> and it's towards the end. Yep. Thing. Yeah. And and it's, like very blue, end. it's like a blue wire that's frame the one. online. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And somehow it still freaked me out. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Too much time. Eugene, sell us on your movies. Okay. So let me pull up my list here. So what we have on the menu tonight from me is, first off, a movie called Wrecker. And the reason I put this movie on is it is a loose remake of the Steven Spielberg movie, Duel, from what I've read online. Uh Road rage turns bad. Uh, semi driver starts messing with a uh, couple people on the road. Uh, I, to me, it, it looks almost like a bit more like the, the what is it called? The candy cane movie uh, with with Paul Walker in it. Um, um, what's it called? Joyride. Joyride. No. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, something like that. Joyride, duel, something like that. Um, road games. Road games. Yep. Uh, next up is one that has been on the roulette before, but I, it's been a little while. Uh, Devil's yep. Knot. And this one here, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a good movie, but it looks like a pretty heavy subject matter type thing. Uh, three children are dead, local cops and townspeople are on a witch hunt. More lives are now on the line. And I believe that this one here is the, um, the Satanism, like a, this is based on a true story. Satanic panic. Well, this is the, the, um, oh, what's the. The West Memphis Three? Yes, that's the one, oh. yes. I oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the Satanic deal. I should have better notes on this, but. <laughs> that's all right, dude. Yeah, yeah like those three kids on. were dead and they blamed those other kids because they were like they, goth yes. and listened to heavy metal music yep. and. That's, I believe, There's been a couple story. of docs about it, and yeah. one of them was uh, Peter Jackson produced yes. or something. The, I really wish they'd put that on Netflix. I want to see it. Yeah. But Colin Firth, Reese, Reese Witherspoon is in this, um, so I, it's probably not going to be the 
the fun feel-good movie of the roulette, but I thought I'd throw it back on there because I do want to see it. It's been on my queue forever. And last but not least is a movie called Dark Sky, and I think that I've thrown that one on the list too. Big Sky. Uh, big Sky. Big Sky. Uh, yeah. I, th- I threw it on the list last time, okay. I think. Um, a teen en route to a treatment center mm. with her mother must confront her biggest fear when they're attacked in the middle of the desert. Um, Kyra Sedwick is in this. And uh, it's an hour and a half. And two, I mean, it it might be good. Maybe. I don't know. It, the cover looks kind of cool. It's probably a, your standard issue suspense thriller. But you never know. Could be a gem. Maybe. And that's my roulettes for the week. Okie dokie. Jess. All right. So I picked a few here. It's quite a variety. And I think we're going to start off with the most important film of all three. Um, that's going to be Avalanche Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Rated uh, TVMA. <laughs> I just knew one of you would put it on, so I didn't even oh, bother. Yeah. I, I was scrolling through the list, and I was like, nope, one of those will grab it, so I can jump that right over. <laughs> yes, and in case any of you out there in Radio Land are deciding to watch this movie, but you just really, really need to know what it's about. Uh, the ski bums and bunnies at this resort are in for an avalanche of trouble. It's got fins, teeth, and a killer appetite. I'm sorry, did you say what this was rated? Uh, TVMA. Mm, so, yeah. That's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. I, I, wish, I wish it was like NC-17. Well, I, I just want to know what the... Like what the rate? What what it, what did the rate? Was that skewing your decision to pick well, Avalanche? No, yeah, I just I don't know. I was I was I don't know what I was hoping for. I was hoping you were going to say uh, NC seventeen rated unrated for this. You know, and you just start listing off all the horrible things <laughs> in it. But yeah, I don't know. Obviously, they don't do that. But uh, yeah, that what caught me off guard was TVMA sci-fi oh, probably be, sci-fi would it just be unrated. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry. Probably sorry. unrated, yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, I, I, added on to straight, some... I added it straight to my to... queue as soon as it hit Netflix, so what, what am I to say? <laughs> uh, moving on to something uh, much more somber, I, I put on the look of silence. Um, in a si- society terrorized into silence, the brother of a 1960s Indonesian genocide victim learns the identity of his murderers and confronts them. This is a documentary by the same guy who did the act of killing, and I believe we had it on the roulette before. Mm-hmm. That no one has taken. No, yeah, no one's taken that one yet. I think I watched half of it, mm-hmm. and I just stopped. Yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't started any of it yet. It was. It was just depressing, and the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. It's like, eh. And uh, my last one here is picked especially for Eugene. Hmm. It is called The Following, and uh, it, has, it stars Maisie Williams uh, of, of Game of Thrones. She plays Arya Stark. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, at an English boarding school for girls in 1969, after one student dies, the others are affected en masse by an inexplic- inexplicable fainting condition. That sounds interesting. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Man, this is going to be tough to pick this week. Okay. On to my golden gems that are always amazing and awesome. Oh, stop <laughs> Netflix. Uh, 
The Forbidden Room. I added this one again by listener request, and I'm selling it to you guys in a very specific manner. My buddy Kevin uh, listens to the show a lot. Uh, He's a big fan. He said, I don't think Eugene would watch it all the way through, but I would love to hear what Jess thinks about it. (laughs) He He said it's one of the weirdest fucking things he's seen. Uh, in a long time. He might not have said fucking, I might have added that in, but uh, a surreal <laughs> anthology right. of 17 different stories, including narratives about a stranded submarine crew, wolfish kidnappers, and a volcano, volcano maiden sacrifice. It's a little, one hour, uh, 120 minutes, a little longer. Mm. Um, but anyway. Well, yeah, 17 stories, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. At, at any rate, a listener requested. So, Jess, if you're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. If I want to please the fans. Uh, The Man Whose Mind Exploded. How can you not add a movie with that title? Uh, I did put that one on my queue like the second I saw it. 75 minutes. This documentary lovingly focuses on Draco Zar... Oh my god, he sounds like a Bond villain. Zar Harzar. Uh, (laughs) 75-year-old Briton who can't make new memories but recalls decades of often bizarre adventures. Looks interesting. And lastly, trying to snare Eugene, as I always do, (laughs) he never died. Um, 97 minutes. A reclusive immortal who needs human flesh but tries to stay clean finds himself cast back into society by a gang of thugs and his estranged daughter. All sounds great until you see starring Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins. Then followed by somebody called Boo Boo Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that's a thing. Uh, Jason Krakowski's uh, Biovowel. Blah, blah, No blah. idea. There you go. Eugene. Damn. So I was first. trying to lure Eugene with my story about boarding girls. Yeah. <laughs> boarding school girls. Boarding girls. <laughs> <laughs> boring. Might as well be. But Henry Rollins, bro. I know. Yeah. But yeah, that's I'm, that's a. I'm sure he probably won't be saying all his lines like he's shouting spoken poetry, at all. I uh, I that's like him. Laugh Rollins. because that's the way he speaks. That's the way yes. he speaks. Oh, and I know. Does everything. But I do like Hi, him. How Rollins. are you? I'm. Very, he's very aggro. I don't yeah. know. Because that's the way he talks. He talks very much like this, and all the time like this, and. <laughs> I see him at the grocery store. I like these chips. I'm glad they're on sale. Like, you're at any point, you're just afraid he's going to punch you right in the face. <laughs> okay, just buy the damn chips. Oh, Henry Rollins. Hmm. Ooh. That's, a, that's an interesting, eclectic list of roulettes. I mean, we've got documentaries. We've got sci-fi shit. We've got Henry Rollins' spoken word and all that. T- <laughs> oh, it's a, the roulette is a grand thing. It's a grand bastard. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, who has yeah. the uh, pole position tonight? You. You do. More Me? You. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, shit. Lead us there. I mean, I, I can tell you, it's down. It's between, it's between three movies right now. It's between The Man Whose Noggin Explodes and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, the, and the Rollins movie and... Avalanche Sharks. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. Avalanche Sharks will bring the funniest review, and our our audience likes some funny reviews, and I'm sure that that thing is going to suck. So that would bring the funniest of the reviews. Do I have to be I, completely honest? I, 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 I watched about 10 minutes of Avalanche Sharks. 
And <laughs> he, it was the best goddamn yeah. movie he's ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Sci-fi. Yes. Sci-fi channel. Second channel. best movie he'd ever seen. Nah, I, I watched a little bit and I was like, not quite in the mood. And they're going to throw it on the roulette, so I'm going to stop now. Because you know what? Considering some of the garbage you guys threw on there, I might take Avalanche Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So if that's the case, and I still might take out, or I still might watch Avalanche Sharks just because it'll make so, for a funny review, but I, I guess I should probably take, out of respect for the man, Mr. Henry Rollins. Oh, God. So, oh, he never died. That grenade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 honestly, I hope it's great. I'm not trying to crap on Henry Rollins. I, I really hope it's good. I, honestly, that premise reads a lot to me like, why can I never remember the name of that freaking movie, Jess? Um, eh, Byzantium. For some reason, I got that kind yeah, of feel right. off that synaps- synopsis. I don't know why. Hmm. I just did. Maybe because I read it in Henry Rollins' voice. It's very yeah. straightforward and <laughs> sternly shouting. It's like he's like the power walking of singers. <laughs> oh, I hope I made the right choice. But yeah, because it was <laughs> Avalanche Sharks was number one just because I'm um, like that's that's one for the fans out there. <laughs> one for the fans. Yes, wow. to subject me to. But yep, okay, Rollins, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, better write that down. Jess, your turn. All right. Well, I can't disappoint the fans, so I will take Forbidden Room. Mm. I'm two for two, and I'll take the man whose brain exploded <laughs> so that I <laughs> just I made the best picks. No, <laughs> um, son of a bitch. I I mean, Wrecker. That that is the that's the roulette screaming that, that I should take. It it really is. But I I. It's short. Like I and... can, I, I, I... <laughs> tune in next week where we have reviews for He Never Died, Forbidden Room, and Avalanche Sharks. <laughs> oh, so you're gonna finish Avalanche Sharks? I, I, I can't not take that movie. I have to see what happens to the poor coeds on the slopes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that you can very easily guess. Yes. <laughs> They will die in very poorly CG or a PlayStation One rendered uh, graphics. <laughs> Lord only knows. Okay, I, yep. I am really looking forward to your guys' reviews of those movies, though. Mm. Okay, uh, let's move on to Jess's top one hundred. It's finally time to crack in to what made the big three-digit top of her favorite movies of all time. We got through the recently watched. Now it's time for 10 of the biggies. 100 through 91. Without further ado, Miss Hicks, take it away. Okay, so this never gets easier. I refuse to believe <laughs> that it actually ever gets easier. Because I even now that I've... I Well, first of all, listeners, I about had a panic attack right before this show started because I couldn't find these fucking things. So thankfully <laughs> I did. <laughs> because I might have just said, fuck this whole list entirely. But... Okay, so starting with number 100 is a movie that I, uh, I, it's, it's a childhood favorite and I still watch it to this day and when and if I have a kid, I will force them to watch it. And that movie is Hocus Pocus. Hmm. Okay. One of my favorite holiday Halloween movies. Um, Eric, I was wondering, have you shown, has Addison seen this yet? I have not seen this. Really? 
Yeah, well, I you guess guys I guess are the I horror freaks. I, I, come on, I, it's like yeah, but like this a isn't PG like a horror. horror? Mo- it's like a kids horror movie. Yeah, a kids horror movie when you were a kid, not when my yeah. old ass was a kid. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> but you have children. I'll, I'll give. I'll watch it. This is the Bette Midler thing. Yeah, okay. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Catherine Catherine the Jimmy um, are the witches, and uh, what's that kid's name from Erie, Indiana? Is in it. I can't hmm. remember what his name is. I haven't seen this movie either. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it is a kids Halloween movie. It's it's not the greatest made movie on earth by any means. Mick Garris was a part of it for what that's worth. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, hey, Ernest, the Ernest Halloween movie was scary as shit when I saw it in the theater. That scared the hell out of me. And that, I was I was not a kid at that yeah. point. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely, it has what would be scary parts for little kids. It has, you know, the, the, there's a song sequence that's fun. And right. I don't know. I, I, I still enjoy it. And I like, uh, I hope, I hope your kids enjoy it whenever they see it. I, I'll show All it right, to them. Move. Yeah, I would, I would definitely show Addie at least. I think she would, she would get a kick out of it. I'll have to screen it first. It'll be like the commentary. I'll have to watch it three <laughs> times in a week. <laughs> Am I absolutely positive this is safe for my child? Yeah, Yeah, you never know, man. (laughs) All right, so moving on to number 99, and this is a little bit difficult, but it it is kind of high up on the list, but that does not mean I don't love it, and that would be Fight Club. Mm, Nice. Um, It is not my favorite David Fincher movie, but it is... A fantastic movie. I, I, it's just not something that I find myself going back to all the time. Um, but yeah, when I, I first saw it, it was the, kind of the same story everybody has about Fight Club. If they like it, it's they saw it, you went, whoa, you can make movies like this, and then the, you just kind of went on a spree to find even more interesting ways of making films. So I had to include it on the list, but I couldn't move it down much farther than that. It is a very boy-centric film. I would say so, probably, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I like the... I really like the Marla Sanger aspects of it. Um, I find those hilariously insane. Completely agree. One of my favorite scenes (laughs) in the whole movie is when he's just standing there leaning against her dresser with that big dildo, and he just bumps the thing. Yeah. Don't worry. It's It's not a threat to you. Oh, I've seen this movie 50 times, so... (laughs) Any scene that she's in, I I love. Um, The rest of it, you know, I think it, it... the more I see it as I get older, the longer it seems to me. And I know that's just a David Fincher thing. All of his movies are like 14 hours long. Yeah. But some of them actually feel that way. And for me, Fight Club's kind of one of those. I'm not going to lie. We might do a film commentary on that movie someday. Because I could talk forever about that movie. I, it's one of I'd my... I'd be down for yeah, that for sure. I, I adore that film to death. That'd be one of our more serious, like, oh, actual yeah. commentaries. Yeah, because... Be. I mean, it's, it's fucking fight. Club. And it would be me repeating stuff that, like, the line producer said on a commentary track number seven, because I listened to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so moving on to number 98, something a little different um, with Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Eugene, have you seen it? Is this the old black and white? It's, it's, no, it's no, it's, an, Ghibli. it's an animated film. Oh, is it a oh, Ghibli? Okay. 
Okay. I didn't know it was a Well, Ghibli. it's Takahata, isn't it? Uh, you know what? Carry on. I will look. Yeah, I think it is. It's Takahata. But basically, it's an animated film um, set during World War II. Um, and these two kids are kind of orphaned by the war. And it's just their horrible, terrible, sad journey through life in, in, in wartime. And it's just the whole thing is very it's it's sort of like a requiem for a dream where you know it's a good movie and you know what you appreciate what you're watching but after you watch it you're just like i'm good like yeah. that was sad and depressing oh, and i enjoyed it for what it was but i'd never need to watch it again. that's what our co-worker jacob uh said he loves the movie but he said to you that that's a mm-hmm. one and done it's so difficult to watch it's a ta- it is yeah. a takahata and then i pulled out the dvd and i look at the back cover and there is the girl with the pan on her head saluting and I'm not kidding, I instantly yeah. felt like I got punched in the chest. Like, yep. I might cry right now. <laughs> uh, but Eugene, you should definitely watch this one uh, at some point. It is... Yeah. And don't let it don't let that scare you off too much. Uh, that's even one... Uh, might be... Wife. Jo- Joni might dig that too, but it's one that you must see at least once. It's an amazing film. It reminded me a lot of... Saving Private Ryan and uh, oh wow, well that's what, I, I, the, I the other Spielberg Spielberg one the other Schindler's Holocaust-y. List Schindler's List there you go, where it's something wow. that you just need to see at least once and it's yeah. animated I, it's the first one that ever made me cry yeah mm-hmm. wow okay sorry all right so moving on to number ninety seven we've got Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Um, the movie that came out right before Rosemary's Baby, uh, starring, and I know I'm going to fuck her name up, but it's French, and it's way more classy than I am. So, Catherine Duvernay. Something? <laughs> Is this the black Something and white like one that. where she's yes. in an apartment and anxiety and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a full, like, if you, Eugene, have you seen I have, it? I have the Criterion yeah. Blu-ray. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah, that's what I have, too. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, basically it's this woman who is slowly suffering from agoraphobia. She just gets worse and worse and worse. And for, if you don't know, agoraphobia is the fear of outdoors. So basically you can't leave and you can't leave your house. You can't go anywhere. You are totally stuck where you are. So that slowly starts to overtake her. And it's, it's basically just a character study into that madness. Um, it is a slow burn. It is, you know, it's French, but there's not a lot of talking. To begin with, because, you know, it, it's just her basically clamoring around in her apartment. But if you enjoy very character-driven movies where it's just kind of in, uh, watching a mind go from one altered state to another, I would highly recommend this. It's, it's one of my favorites. I recall a scene where she's walking down the street and there's like a guy with a jackhammer. Uh, there's just things going on outside and she's you can tell she's just, she's going nuts yeah it's just like she I, I think that's like she's at that point like every day she goes out and it's kind of like the same sounds and they just get louder yeah. and louder and louder and she gets crazier i thought it was a very well done exercise in cinema but that was a one and done for me i won't revisit, revisit that one it's it's not his best i mean it is you know it, it's it's not rosemary's baby by any stretch mm. um but for me, it's kind of, I would relate it more to a, I think, a more linear, more toned down Eraserhead. Like a, Pol- a Polanski Eraserhead mm. versus a Lynch Eraserhead. Damn it, I need to see this freaking Eraserhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Yes, you do. Yeah. You really, so really often. do. It's sitting on, been sitting on my shelf for like three years, and I just haven't got around to it. Next episode, Yeah. Eric. Next episode. We'll see. That guy's hair freaks me out. <laughs> 96. Jack Nance, yeah. Yeah, 96. Uh, I have Predator. Hmm. Wow. Oh wow! I was I was expecting more of a what? It's that high up on the list, but yeah, I I do have Predator that high up on the list, and I will say that that is because I actually didn't come to Predator until later on in life. I uh, was introduced to Alien first, so my heart will always lie with Alien yeah. over Predator in in any stretch of the imagination. I'm I'm more surprised these movies were above Evil. I'm still shocked they're above Evil Dead. That's a, but I, you know, think of you as the horror person, and that's okay. Anything in the top 100, Jess, as long as it's in the top mm-hmm. 100, it made yeah. the list in my book, so it's fine. Exactly. You can arrange it however you want. <laughs> Fight Club beat Hocus Pocus. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, <laughs> I have I have some morality yeah. here in my my situation. All right, so number 95, we are halfway done. We, I have uh, It Happened One Night with Clark Gable. Uh, this is a rom-com, screwball, um, early 40s, maybe even late 30s, I'm not sure, uh, black and white comedy. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great movie for, it's a great pick-me-up movie, basically. is if, if I'm having a bad day, if anybody's having a bad day, if it's a rainy day out, you're just kind of, lying around put on it happen one night and i guarantee you'll be in a much better mood at the end because it just is from the time when you know it's good that movies don't have to follow that linear beginning middle end everybody lives happily ever after constraint because that would make everything boring if it was always like that but these movies that do come from a time where it was common for everything to kind of have a nice happy everything's you know, wrapped up tight at the end. Sometimes those movies are just nice to have, and especially the ones coming from that time period. It's nice to just pop on and think, you know what, this is kind of classic cinema where everybody just was going home feeling happy after they saw a movie. Never saw that one. I mean, either, and this is why I think, this is why it's so hard to keep up with current movies, because I'm busy trying to catch up on a hundred years of cinema. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This was one that I just, it was one that I wanted to see for so long. And I think one night I watched it on TCM because I was sick and there was just some marathon on. It was just a circumstance where I was like, fuck it. I can't reach the remote and I don't feel good. So <laughs> I'm just going to watch this. <laughs> um, and, and that's how I finally got around to it. That's finally how I got around to watching Streetcar Named Desire too. And both of those movies are fantastic movies. That's how I assume the Kardashians came to power. So yes, right. <laughs> All right. So where are we? Number ninety four. Yep. All right. Number ninety four is another black and white Criterion release, Night of the Hunter, starring Robert Mitchum. Um, this is a basically one of the first kind of serial killer movies. Um, this is. Uh, a widow is, you know, she she she's hard on her luck. She doesn't have any money, so she meets Robert Mitchum, who's a nice priest. Man. He's a nice God-loving man who's going to come take care of her and take care of her kids, and everything's going to be okay until, uh-oh, he turns out to be a, a, a black widow of sort, whatever the male version is of a black widow, um, and ends up sort of, you know, murdering her. And then the whole rest of it is sort of the kids on the run and going through the town. And it's it's creepy for his time. And he's absolutely a powerhouse as that 
stone wall kind of terrifying character. Did this get remade as something else? Uh, I kind of feel like it did. Um, I, I often get it like Cape Fear is kind of like the same deal. Oh, because I've heard this movie white. brought up many a time and it's on my, like I have a sheet up here with a master list of movies I need to see and it's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's a Robert Mitchum movie. You should see it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have it on Criterion Blu-ray. I'll let you borrow it. Nice. Whenever you like. Is it, a, it so? That's this is a what? What year was this movie made? Uh, let me double check this. I want to say maybe early forties. Oh wow! Okay, right here, uh, fifty-five. Okay. Oh, okay. I was I was wrong on that one, but um, but still, yeah, fifty-five, and it is some controversial like content for basically that time. I mean, you're you're talking about murder and and outwardly talk about sex a bit in it and it, it's just kind of push buttons at the time so uh yeah but i can definitely let you guys borrow it shelly winters always makes me uncomfortable yeah <laughs> i'm just putting that out there move on to next review <laughs> all right so number 93 i have taxi driver hmm. Taxi Driver is, again, um, another one of those classics that I kind of came to later in life. I had seen it once when, like, young, when I was a younger teenager, um, but I had seen it at a time before I had seen a lot of movies, so I kind of didn't really appreciate it or get it for what it was. Uh, so probably within the last couple of years or so, um, I watched it with Jason, because it's one of his favorite movies, and it's just... It was like I had never seen the movie before. I got a completely different perspective out of it now, and it's it's definitely one of my favorite Scorsese picks, and I kind of wish he would go back to making movies like that. Don't but, we all? Unfortunately, yeah, 1970s, 80s New York is uh, no more. Yeah, it is no more. It is gone. It's expensive to recreate. Yeah, and I'll agree with you, though. It took me a... A couple. I mean, I liked it the first time I watched it, but it was like second, third time where it was like, "Wow, yeah, this me too." Really kicks ass. Yep. I still have not quite come around on Mean Streets. I, mean, I haven't either. Okay. I kind of haven't either. There's a lot of people that are, think it's better than Taxi Driver. I'm like, eh. I mean, like that's supposed. That's always like mentioned on when you look up, you know, most successful indies or best indies of all time. Mean Streets always pops on there over Taxi Driver, but I don't really get it. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's not nearly as captivating, I don't think, as Taxi Driver is. I agree. I mean, Taxi Driver holds my attention, like, the entire time. Mean Streets kind of has that lull. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I got the pretty sweet collector's edition on DVD of Taxi Driver, and Mm -hmm. after watching that, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, You know, the Blu-rays come out, I'm like, I don't really need it any cleaner. This is one of those instances where the grit and the grime kind of work for that era of uh, New York. I like that. Yeah, you can't talk about New York like 42nd Street porn theaters and have it like not grainy at all. (laughs) All right, so number 92 for me is The Wild Bunch. It's a fun, bloody western i mean what what else is there to say about the wild bunch that hasn't been said before again this is higher up because it's something that i haven't uh hadn't come across really until i was a bit older so i haven't had as many viewings or as much time to appreciate it as i think i should 
I, is it time to come clean, Eugene? I, this 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 movie's been brought up several times yeah. on the show by outside sources. Do we have to admit it? I've never seen the Wild Bunch. Same here. I haven't. Oh either. wow! <laughs> it's yeah. one of the. It's Western. I I don't tend to veer fucking... towards westerns. But it's bloody. Oh my god. Okay. Well, right. I'll stop the show. Hold on. It. Hold on. Hold on. Stop the show. Stop. The show is stopped for a moment. <laughs> I'm bringing you know, the like... Wild Bunch to. The yeah. nightlight and Eugene, you're gonna borrow it and you're gonna watch it, and then Eric, you're gonna borrow it and you're gonna watch it. <laughs> there was at least four times on this show that that movie's been brought it up has by been, yeah. third, third third parties, and we're just like, hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> I look at I look at Eugene's face on Skype, and we're it's the same look. We're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> that, no, it's just that's a good, well spoken review. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it in. I'll watch it. All right. It's time. I, All I'll, right. I'll watch everything on your list I haven't seen. Okay. Then I will. I will. I will bring in the stack. All right. So moving on to ninety-one to wrap up this segment is Casablanca. Nice. One of my favorite romance movies of all time. I did get a chance to see this on the big screen. Um, I brought my mom when it was like one of those Fathom Events things at Regal a few years mm. ago. I brought my mom, and Casablanca is just Casablanca. It's one of the most romantic movies of all time. It's a great spy drama. It's, I, I, I love it. I can't say any more other than that. <laughs> it's one of those that needs no explanation, except for right. I'm in the camp. I actually have seen this classic film, and I'm going to give Eugene shit about not seeing it. Yep. <laughs> Still have not uh, seen it. Nope. Have it, not seen This is a... This is definitely one for you and the wife. This is a fan. Yeah, I was going to say, make that a date night, and you then and I, you're welcome. You and I are very tend to be very close on classic cinema, or at least enough that I can tell you, like, you have to trust me. When I tell yeah. you you should watch a classic one, I've been telling you for years this is one. This is one. Yeah. This movie watch is Casablanca. timeless. It's amazing. I think I, I might have only seen it once too but i still remember so oh it's fantastic Real? okay watch that and watch it happen one night both date night movies your wife will love them okay all right i will add those okay. to the list <laughs> all right all right that wraps it up for my uh this, this episode of my top 100 fantastic i can't wait to see what else is on your list it's a constant surprises all around the corner and uh, let's move on to recently watched because we still have a little bit of time, we can squeeze some stuff in. Eugene. Okay. You get to go first. Okay. So whatever uh, you want to do. We got like a half an hour yet. Okay. I want to start off with one movie that is currently playing at the Nightlight Cinema. And that is Michael Moore's new movie, Where to Invade Next. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch it. And uh, with Michael Moore, uh, I tend to enjoy his movies. Wait, you watched it with Michael Moore? I no, or, no. Yeah, we're big time here at the Nightlight. <laughs> yeah. oh, we yeah. have all He's, kinds of celebrity yes. viewings. Yep. Let's just go. Let's just go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I Come like, to the Nightlight. I like his movies. <laughs> I, I think they're they're funny. They uh, they have some great emotionally powerful beats to them, and this movie is no exception. My only complaint with this movie is that it felt a bit too long. Otherwise, this would have been right up there with the very best, if not my favorite. Uh, Michael Moore movie thus far. And uh, basically he goes to other countries and he sees what is certain things that are really working for that particular country really, really well. 
and he says, I am claiming this idea for the United States. I'm going to claim this idea and take it back to the United States. And a lot of the ideas actually originally came from the United States is kind of what, you know, it, it's kind of what the whole movie is about, but we've very much gone not that direction as, as we've grown as a country, but it's, it's really, really fascinating. And we, we're talking about like, we're talking about healthcare, uh, public education, uh, college, women's rights. It's just, it's really, really good making a strong case for unions. I thought it was great. It was funny. It wasn't as heavy as, um, as some of his other movies like Sicko and especially, uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. It wasn't quite that heavy. Uh, but it was really, even the, even the prison system, they, he deals with the prison system in other countries versus the prison system here. And it was just, it was really, really good. We've had a lot of really good feedback at the theater about the movie too. So, uh, I, I like it. I know that there, that he is a very polarized director, filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. And if you don't like Michael Moore, then you probably won't like this. But if you, if you have an open mind about this type of thing, there's some really, really good ideas in there as far as things that would probably improve this country. And we're not a perfect country and the countries that he visits are not perfect, but the ideas, I think uh, probably every single one of them in the movie, I'm like, that's a great idea. That's, that's great what they're doing there. And it, I think that that would work. Now, now he does make a, he does make mention that, you know, it's not all roses. There are issues in these countries and, and dealing with the certain topics, but as a whole, it's, we should be feeding our kids good at school. We should have good, good meals for our kids and we should have proper, proper insurance for people. I'm not going to get into the whole political thing. It's anyway, it's a good movie. Very, yeah. very good movie. It's hard not to get into politics with, when you're dealing with a uh, Michael Moore documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, uh, how do I do this without getting into politics? But yeah, I know it's hard. I, I, I hesitated to bring, bring this movie up, but no, it's fine. It, we need to talk about it. And I want to see it, even though I'm, you, <laughs> I'm not a huge Michael Moore fan. I think he makes entertaining films. I don't consider him to make documentary films. Uh, there's a big distinction there with me, and it may be just like splitting hairs, but whatever. I, I, I've liked his last couple, even though they're not perfect, and I have some serious issues with the way that he presents quote-unquote facts. Mm -hmm. They're facts from his perspective. They're not facts from everybody's perspective or the world. Um uh, you said something that I was going to touch on. Damn it. Um, a lot of good ideas. Yes, there are a lot of good ideas. The only problem is, and one of the things, one of the problems I have with the most of his films, is he wants the government to implement a lot of these ideas that other countries do. And I, from my perspective, the one element that he forgets to incorporate is that would be the American politician. You add the American politician into any of these ideas, it's fucked. Good, good luck. <laughs> They're just out for themselves. They're getting their shit in their pocket. They're going to make friends with whoever's making money so they can make money. It's yeah. not like other countries with other politicians that are doing public service work. Yeah. Very true. There's my half a cent on that. Yeah. But Eric, I do think that you would, you would, uh, Jess, I'm pretty certain you would like it. And Eric, I think that you would enjoy this movie. It is good. It's, it's different. I'll totally watch it. I'll totally watch it. Especially and it, for those of you who want to see it, we are having it uh, for another week at the Nightlight, so you can still get online and get tickets for a whole another week of showtimes yeah. for it. Yeah, 
as, as for me, especially Shameless the plug. the kids when when they started dealing with kids in the public school system and like food and how kids interact with each other. Uh, they went to he went to France and it was so good. That was probably my favorite part of the movie, and it's because I am a father and how how those things are run there. At least the one area for for food, it was very very interesting. So anyway, good stuff. Cool. I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out. Sicko was the first one that really turned me around on him as a filmmaker. Yeah. I will be honest. Uh, a lot of the others, I, I there was so much. <sighs> Don't want to get into that. <laughs> so much just his angle, and not like, well, they all do that kind of thing. Or it's like, reel it in a little bit, guy. But yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, derail. Mike Moore does that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jess. Uh, right. So, um, well, this past weekend I went to, um, Horror Hound and, uh, if you are a new listener because you perhaps picked up one of our cards at Horror Hound in Cincinnati, Ohio, hey, thank you for listening and thank you for picking up the card. Um, so while I was there, I got, uh, a bunch of movies because that's what you do when you go to conventions. You spend money you don't have on things you don't need. And boy, is there a lot of stuff to spend your money on. If I had, like, unlimited funds, I would have come back with so many collectibles. But as it stands, I chose movies. So um, one of the first things I decided to watch was Trilogy of Terror 2. Um, I hadn't seen this one, and I'm a big fan of the first one. But let's be honest, the first one... Karen Black is the best thing about it, so she makes the first two stories okay, but the final story about the Zuni fetish doll is the one Mm -hmm. that everyone remembers and enjoys of the trilogy. Would you guys agree? Agree totally. Yep. Did I did I see the first one huge? I don't I don't know, I don't know if you have. Uh, the, the, seriously, she's right. The first two stories are kind of pretty forgettable, but that Zuni doll one is really cool. Man, I, I can't tell if I actually saw it and don't remember, or if I just keep hearing people talk about it and posting pictures, and that's what I'm conjuring yeah. up. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's like gets in your brain and you feel like you've seen it, but you don't really know. Exactly. Um, but this this one, I guess, was a purely straight to TV, never got a release um, thing. It was basically on TV, and then it was gone, and I save I'm sure rerun reruns of some sort, uh, which I assume is how I got this one but um it's actually really really good um all the stories pretty much hold up the first story is um the thing about this movie is it's very effects heavy um which is great because it's all practical like creature effects uh the first one has to do with this these people uh murder this woman's old rich husband to get money we've seen the story before countless times um He's buried in an old part of the cemetery. They go to dig him up. She kills boyfriend um, to take all the money for herself. Big surprise. And um, basically the body starts getting taken away by these giant rats living under the cemetery. And um, the rats are cool looking. They're, They're huge giant things. And while they're very obviously fake, they still have that really cool like 80s, early 90s charm where it's something that you would much rather see than some CGI piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second story is called Bobby, and as I was watching it, I realized it was the exact same story from another anthology called um, Dead of Night, not the 
not the 40s one, but like a, I think it's an 80s one or a 70s one. Um, but basically, this woman uh, does a spell to conjure her son back from the dead because he fell down off a cliff into the ocean, and she uh, desperately wants him back. So she she does black magic to get him back, and when he comes back, she realizes he's not quite right because we've seen this story a million times too. Um, turns out Bobby didn't accidentally fall into the ocean. He threw himself into the ocean because mom was really, really shitty to him. Um, so he didn't want to come back. So he sent like a demon back in his place, uh, through the kid's body, uh, to get her. And so it's the very like exact, almost probably down to the same script as that story in Dead of Night. So I'm interested on how they did that on if it's like a rights thing that nobody mentioned or I don't know what hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed it and then the final one is another Zuni fetish doll because of course they have to end it with the big claim to fame yeah. and it does pick up right at the end of the first one um, so the Zuni fetish doll is burned to a crisp at the end of the first one this time they kind of just scrape it off Again, it comes to life. Again, it, it raises hell, this time in a uh, science lab, because uh, the scientist is trying to get evidence for the police. And the same exact thing happens. If you saw the first one, you know what happens. Um, and, and the doll's fun, and it, it's crazy looking, and it's alive again. And this is a totally worthy sequel, and somebody needs to put it out um, on a high definition. Agreed. Because it, it is I'm sure totally it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, right. I watched. I watched that one. Just uh, I watched that one when it debuted on television back when I was probably in my early teens, and that's the only mm -hmm. time I've ever seen the movie. But but I remember the whole way through thinking this is such a cool movie. This is great. I loved it, and I remember it very well. So that says something. And it's on. I remember actually the first two stories more than the Zuni doll third story. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, especially, I loved the rat story. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, that that one was a lot of fun. So hopefully that will get a, a proper Blu-ray release. Something that feels like a Scream Factory, yeah, release or like if they release or if one of those yes little markets. Yep, because I don't even think the first one has a proper no. Blu-ray release, and it should. I have it on DVD, yeah. so they could to de definitely do like, like a double feature if they're. They should definitely yeah, that'd do that. Be great. <laughs> But uh, then the second one that I got um, was also one that Scream Factory needs to put out, and it is called Spookies, and it is from 1986. This movie is one of the ones that I've seen like the cover for all over the place for the longest time, and I had the hardest time finding it because it has never, ever had a proper release, except for once it was put on DVD, but it's out of print, so now it's like 60 bucks for the DVD, mm. and that's ridiculous. Um, but this is just your standard kind of these people, douchey kind of people. There's like eight or nine of them, so plenty plenty of dead meat walking around for this uh, house. They they go out to this cemetery where this house is, and they decide to, to, to go into this old, big, huge mansion and, and set up their own party there, kind of like Night of the Demons um, situation. Mm -hmm. And they just go in, and it turns out, you know, there's this 
he's not quite a vampire, but it's kind of the same gist. This this monster is trying to raise his queen from the dead, like a Dracula situation, trying to raise his Mina back from the dead. Um, and the whole time he's raising all these different monsters, and this movie is super, super effects heavy. Um, lots of creatures, lots of really good makeup, and it would look absolutely incredible in a high def uh, uh, restoration. And it it absolutely needs one because it's it's totally goofy. The dialogue is ridiculous, but it's it's in a fun way. And just these effects, just themselves, deserve to be seen in a better light. I've wanted to watch that movie for so long, but. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds cool. I don't know why that. Why hasn't it gotten more attention? Is it terrible? Be honest. I mean, it, it probably, but to me, it's it's really fun. I've I've seen a lot worse, like mm -hmm. it, it, a lot worse. Well, so have we. We have the roulette. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> exactly. I okay. mean, Chosen is an HD for crying <laughs> yes. out loud. So you guys keep bringing up that movie, and I I have nom like flashbacks die. every time you do. <laughs> not flashback, not flashback. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, my turn. Um, mm -hmm. Halo: Fall of Reach. Uh, Eugene, we talked about this before. Yes, this is the animated uh, Halo film. That's like an hour. That's why we booted it off the roulette because it was too short. Uh, I sat down and watched this bad boy, and it was. Pretty sweet. You might want to give this one a spin. It's on my it's kind of a It's kind of a prequel to... <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, step, stepped in any, in any puke this week? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> I? It's kind of a prequel to Halo. This is kind of like uh, Master Chief Begins, if you will. Uh, it's him as a young boy growing up and how he, be his story, origin story. I, I have, I kind of stopped playing Halo after the original Xbox because, uh, no, I have the 360 one as well, but the, that one died like five times. And so I ended my relationship with their Microsoft, Microsoft's uh, video game consoles at that point. Um, but, uh, so I don't know what happened in four and five <laughs> and reach and all these other games, Yeah, but, but it was still very interesting. I, I could hang with it. Like I said, prequel. Uh, so check it out. It was very, very cool. Um, uh, real quick, Helen Back. This was another one that was on the roulette, another animated film. Mm. This was the adult one where they go to hell to save their friend they accidentally sent to hell. And jokes and... <sighs> Nick Swartzen and his buddy got together and smoked some pot and made a stop-motion <laughs> animation film. And <laughs> You know what? It's actually... It's All actually, right. It's actually pretty funny. It okay. is, but... The first half is it is really funny, and the second half they got a little too baked, you know. Yeah. Where it's like, ah, this is funny, right? I'm holding a kitchen sink handle, or so I don't even know what the hell's going on anymore. You know, to the <laughs> regular drunk person watching this, it's like, dude, reel it in a hair. You just what? <laughs> but it is funny. They go to hell. They make a lot of good jokes. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. It's very, very, very R-rated. And once again, T.J. Miller making me laugh. Yeah. Might be turning the corner on this wow. guy. Maybe just like in small moments. Or maybe like in animated, where I don't have to look at his fucking face at all. That would be good. <laughs> yeah. I, pre I appreciate that. It's now, good. was this complete stop motion, or was this like CGI-ish stop motion? I've... Uh... 
I don't know. I'm just I, curious. Next, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it felt fully stop motion, but obviously the backgrounds and stuff were probably CGI. Okay. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the animation. That was the standout, but there were some good jokes in there as well. But then again, I'm a Nick Swordson fan. If you're not, uh, audience, yeah. if you're not a fan of Nick Swordson, probably dodge this one. But then again, that probably means you're a huge T.J. Miller fan. Yeah, what so watch it. Yeah. Yeah, give it a shot. It's at least worth like a three out of five, right? You know, and that's worth the trip. Have a couple of laughs, go to hell and save your friend, you know, whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good time. Uh, anyway, I think, like, I think you guys would both enjoy it, at least a little bit. Jess, I'm not going to lie. It's dude bro-y. It's, 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 even though they're playing dorks, it's very dude bro-y. <laughs> well, I liked, uh, uh, Grandma's Boy for what it's worth. Oh, great I movie. I love that movie. Yes. So just, just as a point, just as a frame of reference for my Nick Swart, how I fall on Nick Swartz, and I, I do like Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Um, see, it's been a while since I watched it. Now I'm trying to remember. One of them was. It's been this. a long time since I watched it too. No, no, Grandma's Boy. I've watched a dozen times. I know that movie oh. inside and out. I'm talking about Helen Back. Uh, one of them voiced the fat dork, and the other one was voicing just a regular dork. I'm trying to remember which was which. I think it was opposite. Like T.J. Miller was the fat dork. <laughs> I could be wrong. At any rate, I yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. <laughs> Uh, okay, Eugene, back to you. Okay, um, I rewatched The Hills Have Eyes, and I uh, wanted to talk about that. The just remake or the, the, the remake. original? Yes, the remake. Alexandra Aja's movie, and uh wanted to just revisit this one. It's been a little while, and sometimes when you revisit these movies after several years, I haven't watched this movie in, I mean, it's probably four or five years since I've seen The Hills Have Eyes, and I... I used to think this is like the greatest movie to come out of the 2000s. This movie is so good. So, so, so good. I'm like, oh, watch, watch me bring it down a couple notches. Nope. It's still so good. One of the best horror movies, uh, from the last 10 years. This came out in mm -hmm. 2006. It holds up so well. It's so hardcore, well acted, well paced, uh, it's just a great movie. I would say that this, I, I love Hot Tension, High Tension, Switchblade, Romance, that they're all one movie. But I gotta say, I think The Hills Have Eyes is probably his best movie. Uh, I, I like the Piranha remake, but Hills Have Eyes is so mean-spirited and for a big major theatrical release, it, it doesn't feel like a theatrical released movie watching it. It's just, it's, so gory and so rapey and ugh. So <laughs> what's funny is you're like it's you so say gory these things and, and so rapey. Like, ugh, but you mean them as positives? Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> it's really, really rapey. We highly recommend yes. you watch it. Oh, even even that that scene wasn't gratuitous, actually. In fact, I yeah. the first time I watched it, I'm like, okay, did did she just get raped, or were they just implying that she's getting pushed around or whatever? You know what scene I'm talking about in yeah. the. Okay. <laughs> well, I I haven't seen it forever. I'm pretty sure I own the movie. I just yeah. haven't seen it forever. But I, I I didn't think there was any mistake in what happened. Oh yes, yeah, Watching it this time, I'm like, yep. Yeah, that was everything. And just the gun. That there was that the invasion scene in the motorhome deal. That's like the the set piece mm -hmm. of the entire movie, and it's so hard to watch. And I'm like, man, this made it to theaters. This wow. But it's a great movie. It still holds up extremely well. 
So yeah, that was a weird time when like that movie and I spread on your grave and Last House on the Left and all those were getting uh-huh. remakes and coming to the theater. And I was working Regal and I was like, what is happening yes. right now with all these rape revenge kind of yeah. things happening in mainstream theater? Yeah, again. yeah, that Last House on the Left remake, man, that was. Eric, I think I may have seen that with you in the theater. I'm like, that's uh, that the microwave at the end. Yes. No, you made me watch the Blu-ray that you bought. Okay. I I watched it and I was like, that exists. Oh, that thing. was yep. great. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen the original original Last House on the Left, so I had no frame of reference. See, uh, to me, the remake is worlds better. The the original, ugh, nah. It's not really a good movie. No. I mean, you watch it and just through the eyes of what it would have been like watching it then, but it as a whole it is not a well made movie no. and it it is it has weird parts that don't belong and Yeah, it's awkward. I still need to watch it because it's a classic staple of horror. Yeah. And whatever. Just the fact that for a moment in the early 2000s, it was totally cool for Rape Revenge to exist yes, in a mainstream movie. I know, theaters. and it's so weird that uh, watching this again, just, oof. But it was great. Great movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Jess? All right. So um, I watched uh, a couple other things. One... Uh, one I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, but I'll, I'll leave that one for sort of last. Um, but the other one is I watched The Reflecting Skin. I got the new Blu-ray of that. Uh came out in 1990. Um, I had heard about this movie a long time ago on a podcast. Um, I'd read a few things about it. It's one of those ones that I had been hunting down forever, kind of like Spookies. Um, but this one actually finally got a release. Um, and thanks to my region-free Blu-ray player, thanks, Eugene, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was able to get this one. So um, basically it's kind of like your American Gothic um, sort of the boy and sort of Which um, boy? The, the serial killer one that you just okay. watched, talked about last episode. Yep. Uh, well, post-commentary. Yeah, Pretty two episodes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like American Gothic that the boy meets sort of like a gummo where you're following Ugh. this kid who, yeah. Which I have not watched gummo yet, but from what I'm understanding, gummo is like where it's just these kids kind of doing bad things. Um, and uh, this uh, kid lives... Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I, got, I got to interrupt for a sec because <laughs> okay. if we're, talk, we're talking gummo... We're talking one of the very few films that I have ever seen that has got the vaunted Eric Marner zero mm. out of ten. <laughs> because <laughs> that movie deserves it. It is entirely worthless. Well, I don't mean the sense in like the way it's made or what it's about. I mean like that kind of like creepy kid like in the middle of nowhere left to do whatever they want to do kind of feeling. Mm. Mm. Um <laughs> And it's set in, I think, the 50s. I don't know. It's got Viggo Mortensen in it, though. Um, he comes back from the war, I think, Korea. Um, and uh, it's basically about this little kid, Seth Dub, who lives on the farm where his dad is like owns a gas station. His mom hates everybody and is awful to everyone. Um, 
And there's this lady who's, uh, she's a widow, she dresses in black, and she's from England, and he gets into his head that she's kind of like a vampire. Um, and you kind of under start to understand that this kid is totally just going nuts, and soon um, one of his friends ends up dead in their well. Um, and the cops suspect his father for whatever reason, and the father then kind of kills himself by setting himself ablaze, and boom, that's when Viggo Mortensen comes back, and the story really kind of gets going on what's actually happening to this little kid. Um, I didn't know much about it. I did read an interview with the director in the latest Brew Morgue, so I kind of went into it with the director's ideas already in my head, and I think that helped a lot. Um, because otherwise, yeah, yeah, because it's really kind of, it's a very slow burn and it's a very kind of like, you know, because there's an instance, there's this constant shiny black car with these sort of greasers popping up everywhere. And he seems to be like other people interact with them, but you kind of, and what the director says is you kind of get the idea that these people aren't real, that it's him manifesting like. Because these people keep ending up dead whenever he sees these greasers. So what the director is saying basically, like, he's imagining the greasers, but it's really him committing these crimes as he slowly, like, kind of spirals out of control. Hmm. Um, so I kind of went into it already knowing that, and I think that helped a lot. And it it is, it's very, it's a dreary movie. It's not something that, you know, it's going to leave you really feeling very happy at the end, but I really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of, it's a very art housey kind of horror movie. Um, I don't know that you guys would like it. I kind of feel like Eugene could go either way. I mm. think you could either really like it or really, really, really hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would, I would recommend it either way. Cool. Okay. And then, uh, the 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 creepy one that I watched. So <laughs> you talked about Jeepers Creepers, or no, I'm sorry, you think you talked about Powder on the last episode that I wasn't on? Uh, yes, and that was continuing Eric. on from uh, we talked about Jeepers Creepers or something. Yeah. Yes, right. I watched Clown House, uh, and so I had never seen Clown House before. Um, Is that not a thing that guy made? Yes, that is the movie that he got, like, that... Bad things happened. He happen, committed yeah. the crimes on the set of. Um, so, basically, clown houses, these boys um, are being chased by these mental patients who escaped and assumed the identity of these circus clowns, and they're off to kill them. Um, and, basically, it's a lot of unnecessary three boys walking around shirtless, three boys walking around in their underwear, like, tidy whities Yep. Really, really uncomfortable. Um, and since I knew the backstory going into this, that's all I could focus on. Because it's all there. Yep. It's it's the only thing you notice. So, and me, I, I don't like clowns. I know, Eric, you're the same way, I believe. It's just, I do not at all like clowns. And so, had this movie just been a creepy clown movie, I kind of probably would have been like, it's not that great, but it has it creeps me out in a in a clown way. But this is just it's awful. I couldn't stop watch like it. Just I it I never want to watch it again. I almost never want to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and and that's that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I, it's understandably it's understandable because <laughs> of the the circumstances surrounding the director and the everything about you know all that horrible nonsense. Yeah, because like you can't you know who the kid is like as yeah. you're watching him on screen, you know which one it happened to. Yeah, it's I'm, just like I'm, ugh. I'm good on that, and I I almost don't like saying that because it brings up a a bigger argument, and that is. There's been a lot of outrage about that. I can I don't even remember his name right now, but Victor, there, Victor Salva. Of, yeah, there's been a lot of outrage about him because of Jeepers Creepers three being announced and him working, mm-hmm. and people saying he's a scumbag and he's horrible. And it's like, yeah, he went and did his crime. There, there's two basically fields of thought: one that he went and did his time for the crime, and you should move on. And there's the other train of thought: I'll never watch anything he does ever again because he's a scumbag. And it's sort of like, well, mm-hmm. oh, once you go down that road. We got to discount a lot of people and a lot of films and a lot of art. I mean, uh, Plansky yeah. is obviously the next name on that list. Um, but even when you go down that road, okay, well, so Mick G ran over a guy. I don't know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. You can't exactly. Yeah. You can't. You can't. I'm not saying you can't uh, blacklist these people, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really a, a gray area. It's really hard for me to go. You shouldn't watch their films. Now, this Victor Salva guy that seems a hell of a lot more cut and dried than anybody else I've really run into. Like um, I agree, Clown House should not be re-released. Like I have a bootleg of it. Like that's that's the only way I have it. It's it is yeah. a DVDR of I it. I own so. Polanski films, and I'm good on that Clown House thing. Like that <laughs> directly yeah. correlated to the crime. I'm exactly. No thanks. I don't need that. But, so yeah, um, my my final movie then I have because I needed to cleanse my palate. Um, I watched Clue. <laughs> the original Clue the, is the comedy. Yes, Clue is my okay. Clue is probably one of, if not my favorite comedy of all time. I absolutely love it. I know every line. Mrs. White is my favorite. Madeline Kahn is an absolute comedic genius. I love everything she's ever done. And if you like, I've seen that movie a hundred million times, and she is never not doing something. She's <laughs> always in the background, fidgeting around, <laughs> saying something, shaking her. I don't know. She's just constantly. On and it's hilarious. Never seen uh, it. There is there is also I'm two sorry, schools what? of. Oh, hold on, wait, wait. There's also two schools of thought on Clue. Uh, <laughs> one is the me and Jess side, where we're like masterpiece of comedic, just uh-huh. genius, love, adore. I love that movie. Which just total everything. There's a lot of people that freaking hate that movie and call it one of the worst films ever made. And you know what? I can kind of understand that to a degree, especially with the triple ending thing. That's the only mm-hmm. part I don't like. Um, other than Flames that, I... and the side of my face. <laughs> other than that, I absolutely love that movie. I, Eugene, no idea where you come out on. Yeah, I've you never could, seen it. You, you could. Love it, or you could absolutely hate oh, it. I, I I loved it though, and it's you need to the see reason it. is Tim Curry. That guy <laughs> just freaking rules. Everybody in that movie is great, but I you can't yeah. take my eyes off of him. Madeline Kahn for me, but <laughs> she's great too. You're right; she's always fiddling <laughs> in the background. So funny. How many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's? Yours? Yeah. Just mine? Just yours? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I love it. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll do one more and we'll uh we'll wrap this up. 
Which one? Which one? So many to choose from. Uh, the time is pushing our limit, so I'll make it a short one. London has fallen. <clears throat> Did you see Olympus has fallen? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did you like it or hate it? I liked eh. it. <laughs> Jess I don't was, need to see it again. Jess was eh. A lot of yeah. people, a lot of people hated it. It's like that. Wherever it's you just felt the on, same movie, I assume. no. Wherever no, it's not the same movie. But wherever you wherever you felt on the first one, you're gonna feel about this one. Yeah, it, I figured. There's no point in trying to sell anybody on this. If you like the first one, you'll like this one. If you hated the first one, you'll hate this one. There's another movie that comes out this weekend. Guess what, people? If you hated Man of Steel, you're gonna hate Batman v <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you, so now did you like it better than Olympus or right right at the same level which I'm surprised cuz I'm in the camp that I really enjoyed that movie. Um the the first one. Yeah, me too. It's kind of I get it. It's a dumb bad Hollywood action movie. But it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm I also I somebody sitting around shitting on it all day. I'd just be like, "All right. I'm not, it's not die hard." Yeah. I'm not where I'm going to sit around and tell you all the reasons you're wrong. It's it's that again. They change up a lot of things enough that it's not a complete like repeat, but you know what you're getting into here. Give me yeah. a break. You know, with <laughs> this guy and this president and the same, they're going to get into shenanigans. They're going to kill a hell of a lot of people that probably aren't white. And they're, you know, they're going to say fuck <laughs> a lot. And, but that's where I give this movie uh, the edge as being more fun because of the way that Gerard Butler uses the word fuck. And it's so funny and weird and just creative in a way that, <laughs> like, is it's it's weird because it's more natural. It's the way me and my friends say it, as opposed to Hollywood speak. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but yeah, it has I mean, me basically, if you listen to an episode of Movie Freaks, you, I think you get the point on the creative <laughs> use of the word well, fuck. Yeah, the difference is that I'm not stabbing people in the eyeball while I'm saying it, but the way that... The in way his that, mind, he is. Yes. If you could just... If I just record myself playing video games, then you would know the proper usage of the word fuck in the Olympus and London falling <laughs> movies. Because <laughs> that's how I do it. Oh, I've Take that, see you it. little scampy alien. Eugene, again, if you like the first one, you'll like it. That's all that needs said. Um, and so none of us have watched 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I... I no, I want to do Monday, but I didn't make it out. Yeah, I really want to see that. I do too, I was but it, busy. Was, it was between London and Cloverfield, and I was like, mm, shaky cam, possibly two-thirds of the movie being slow versus something I know that I'm probably going to give a thumbs up and enjoy. I, d I just needed a fun, dumb, exploding yeah. time. And Sometimes that's, that's all you exactly need. what I got. Yep. Seriously, you will love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I will. I've watched the uh, first one probably three or four times, and every time I'm like, it's not the greatest movie ever, but I, every time I watch it, I'm like, that, that was a fun, violent, R-rated, diehard knockoff. One of the better diehard knockoffs, actually. That's how London was. It's very stabby. Not, not, nice. Not mincing <laughs> words. It's very stabby. Lots of fucks. Okay. Um... <laughs> Let's wrap it up tonight. I gotta get up early and go to work. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to add for this episode? Uh, I don't think so. 
Oh, all right, fine then. As far uh, uh, no, oh, coming, oh, coming soon I mean, or like whatever, yeah. anything, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Well, coming soon to the nightlight, we are opening uh, Stephen Chow's um, The Mermaid uh, this Friday. It is evidently guaranteed to make you laugh. So if you are fans of Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer, this movie is for you. So come out and see it at your local art house theater at the Nightlight Cinema in downtown Akron. And like I said, we are also keeping Where to Invade next for another week. So if you haven't seen that yet, you can also come down and see that with us. Eugene? Um, Daredevil. Just Daredevil. That's all I need to say. Daredevil and uh, obviously not quite yet, but Force Awakens is heading our way on Blu-ray soon. And uh, I usually don't buy brand spanking new Blu-rays, but that one there shall be mine. I, don't know. I only I was one of the weirdos that only watched it once in the theater. And so... Uh, Today, me too. Me, me too. But the dollar, it has yet to make its dollar theater. Friday, so, uh, Friday, it makes oh, its appearance at the dollar theater. I think I might have to revisit that. One again. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, uh, there you go. Okay, cool. Uh, on deck for me. I don't know. My my pile of to watch stuff is is so ridiculously huge. I guess I'm going to be watching some cowboy movie from Jess and uh, uh, the Wild Bunch and Night of the Hunter. Breath. <laughs> That's yes. probably my coming soon. <laughs> More than likely. All of them. <laughs> I have all of them. Awesome. Okay, as always, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword to get a hold of us at yahoo.com for mail, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, Movie Freaks Pod. We are on, uh, I'm supposed to mention, iTunes, Stitcher, and FeedBurner. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.